WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 160, all about the Silmarillion, chapter 20 of the fifth battle and a name I can't pronounce, being the 160th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, and right now I am reading The Silmarillion so you don't have to. Today I am joined by the Swole Hiram. Yes, you heard that correctly. Carlos and Christopher, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Excited to have y'all on. I love a good Tolkien pun. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say, just because I'm about the least active person ever, I never imagined that I would have the swole here I'm on. So, <laughs> but a lot of people, a lot of my former guests actually recommended that I look y'all up. And I was like, oh, these guys are really cool. I was expecting a bunch of, I'll be honest, toxic Tolkien fanboy bros. Jim bros. But Jim yeah, bros. we all are really cool. So I appreciate that, that you're bringing the world of Tolkien into a, a healthy lifestyle. So why don't you guys tell me and the listeners? a little bit about um, your your backgrounds with Lord of the Rings or, or Tolkien. How did you get introduced to it? And then what is it that you guys do with the Swole Hiram? I got introduced uh, to Tolkien through The Hobbit first. Uh, my brother um, gave me the book to read or told me to read the book. I can't remember which one. Um, I was probably a freshman in high school. Uh, and then I picked up the Lord of the Rings um, uh, after that. Uh, and then I didn't read it for a while. I, I got through <laughs> yeah. up to up to the the Council of Elrond, and I was just like, no, 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 no. That that this sounds accurate. Much. Yeah, this is too much for me. Um, and then the movies were about to come out, uh, and so I decided to reread them again. And I got through the Council of Elrond, and once you get through the Council of Elrond and all the these are the 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 lineages of things, um, the book just flowed for me, and I've read it now. I think I reread it almost every year not not quite on a <laughs> on a um christopher lee uh every year for my birthday kind of pace but well i mean enough, considering he is deceased you will eventually catch up i will surpass. catch up to him i could i could start i could <laughs> start now true. um and then you know read the silmarillion um got the more books um uh got the uh got the map and um yeah, so watch the movies, love the movies. Uh, and then I met Chris, and, you know, we're both kind of Tolkien nerds, and that kind of grew it even more. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, for me, it started, I mean, my, my introduction to Tolkien was very young. I was, um, I remember, like, five years old, and I was at my grandparents' house, and they had the Laserdisc version of the 1978 animated The Hobbit. Oh, um, yeah. And Classic. I remember, I remember watching it, and Gollum scared me so bad. Yeah, like yep. the, his his like this weird giant toad Gollum was terrifying to me. But I loved the movie. Um, but I didn't really go back until you know the movies came out. Um, I think Return of the King came out my first year of college, um, and that's kind of when I you know I started watching the movies. Loved that. Um, read the books just before that. Uh, but really got into it uh, when I had a summer job working for the Forest Service. Um, during college, I went down to like the audiobook section of our college library 
and found the Silmarillion. And I'd never heard of it before. Um, just saw that it was written by the same guy that wrote right. the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. And I, I checked it out and did what everybody did in the early two thousands. I burned it onto my computer mm-hmm. and then, uh, put it all on my iPod. And all I did for a summer was drive around a forest and listen to it over and over. And I fell in love with this like early world of Balerion, like before Middle Earth and all of that stuff. Like, I don't know what it was about it, but I just I loved the storytelling that he gave us. Um, So really, Silmarillion was what got me into Tolkien. Um, And then I started listening to the books again, um, you know, reading the trilogy and The Hobbit and stuff every once in a while. But I just always go back to the Silmarillion. I did, I, there's something about it that I love it, which I'm sure you're like, how? I've listened to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, how is that? I don't know what it is about it. It's, um, it's something about this like glorious moment of men and elves, you know, that it's just, it's different than what we get in the third age. Yeah. There's um, a couple, there's some chapters in the Silmarillion where it's just like, Oh my God, would you just like get through this already? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But like the map, chapter. I am familiar. Like the map, yes. like the map chapter. <laughs> yes. Like the map chapter. Uh, but like you get to what we're going to cover today and it's just, it is the most action that you'd get anywhere. Yeah. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of action. Pretty violent. And then, Carlos and I actually met uh, because I so I have always been into fitness, uh, started doing CrossFit and started coaching CrossFit. Um, So I came into a gym where Carlos was already a member at for a while um, and I became a coach there. And um, Carlos and I just I mean, we do what nerds do. I, you know, I talked Tolkien while I'm coaching people and most people are like, please shut up about about this or (laughs) eagles. (laughs) Most people are like, we do not care. Um, But Carlos and I bonded over it. And then it came um, uh, became a thing when one morning I was ranting uh, to my partner uh, about um it was it the about horses Feanor? yeah it was, it was about, about the, the horses. horses and Feanor and yeah. I was just ranting about it and how like how annoyed I was and she just set up her camera and started filming me um and I ended up sending that to Carlos and he was like dude you should start putting this on YouTube so <laughs> we just I started a podcast it, the first few episodes were you know just me and my partner and then Carlos um jumped in and became a, a co-host there that's when the, really, that's, that's when we became fully dressed though yeah, that's when he I would, stopped not would, having a shirt on. So, yeah, he was a little bit of the toxicness at the very beginning. <laughs> I was just But there's so- no way I'm coming on. Like, he's like, oh, I need to have you on. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that without a shirt on. Because so, <laughs> no one wants to see that. And a big uh, part of it was just this idea of, you know, combining these two things of you can, it's okay to be a nerd and be a part of uh, any healthy lifestyle that you want to be a part of. Right. And we're seeing more and more of that. And that's, that's becoming more and more the norm. Um, And there are a lot of people out there that are trying to push that same thing. But, you know, we, we like to talk about it a lot that like, you don't have to have perfect knowledge on Tolkien to be a part of this club. Right. And you don't have to be, you know, bench pressing double your body weight to be a part of the fitness part right um any movement is movement and any love for tolkien is great 
And that's really kind of what we try we try to push and we try to bring into our swole Hiram uh, community. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. That's just like, yeah, really cool. How, um, I mean, I, I've been doing the podcast now for three years and it's been really wonderful to see all the different ways that Tolkien is this, like um, this, this glue for a lot of different communities. And so it's really fun to mm-hmm. see the, the variety of the, the friendships and connections being formed over this, this, these books and, and stuff that are, you know, of the previous century. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it really has been great growing. Um, I mean, a big part of our, our growth of our community has been the discord that, I mean, you had Callie cosplay on and like, yes. the, the what she's done for the Tolkien community, I think, is incredible. So, so it's been great to to be a part of that. Yeah, all very cool stuff. Um, less cool is, are the things that happen in this chapter. <laughs> that is a yep. great segue. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm great at them. Yep. Um, <laughs> so this is of the fifth battle. Nernath. Arnayad. Carlos loves saying this one, so Carlos, go for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you go for it. Near Naeth Arnoidiad. That's the one. Oh my god, that is just near near Naeth Arnoidiad. Oh my god. I mean, like, I know it's a made up language, but like that legitimately sounds like a made up language. It is. It is super intimidating. We did a trivia as part of that Tolkien Discord that Callie started. Uh, we did a trivia with uh, with a bunch of uh, with with two teams, right? New Beta had a team, and uh, Lord Nerd. I don't know if you know him on TikTok. Also had a team. It it, it was intimidating because trying to say yeah, all and of I those trying think, to say um, all this stuff. I think I've seen. I think I saw most recently that they're about to do another yep. um, mm-hmm. trivia battle. I think by the time this one comes out, it might have already happened. But um, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, yeah. let's go. Like, let's see this battle. Of- yeah, I think we're doing it in September. Is that right? September. I think, oh, okay, yeah. okay. I yeah. thought it was yeah. more okay. Sweet. So, listeners, be on the lookout for that happening. Where were we? Anyway, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Made up language. <laughs> Pronunci- just pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, just the name. <laughs> the title of the chapter. Um, all right. So first, we get a um. A paragraph that should have just been in the previous chapter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. But Tolkien wanted to end Baron and Luthien with that dedication that they took to each other of, well, I guess um, Baron didn't really have a say in it, but Luthien, (laughs) because he was dead at that point, Um, but Luthien deciding to give up her immortality and her gift of being an elf, so to speak. Um, in order to live another life with Baron. So they come back to life and um, they depart and go to um, Tolgaelin. That's right. Over in the east side of the map. Um, oh yeah, my, I should. My map, my map is reversed. So yeah, it's I have reverse to, like, Carlos is yeah. doing the weatherman thing. Yeah, over listeners, here. Carlos <laughs> has a green screen of the map of Beleriand for his background, and I'm so mad that that never occurred to me <laughs> because it would have been so helpful. Anyway, yeah, so they kind of you know go, go away because they they do go to um, Doriath and you know for a little 
reu- family reunion. Um, right. And everyone's kind of like, oh, so you're mortal now? That's good for you. Yeah. Like, just really unsure about that. I think this, like, even though I agree with you that this should have been in the previous chapter, what I do love about this is, like, you know, Luthien specifically does it to comfort her father right to be like i'm alive and like i'm i'm here you know and it says she heals the winter of thingle right um but we get to see a little bit more than what we what we didn't see in the trilogy of how broken hearted that makes mm-hmm. the parents when mm-hmm. the parents are immortal right like like this is this is an immortal being who now understands that they do not get to live out the rest of their life with their child who chose mortality. And that's yeah. like, it's heartbreaking when you think goes back off, on like Elrond. Who goes off to a different plane, right? Because when the right. elves die, they spend some time in the halls uh, of Mandos and then they're they're reincarnated into new bodies in, you know, Amon. Amon? Valinor. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's also, there's also that added layer that even for not, even for <laughs> humans, um, that's really tragic is parents outliving their child. Right. Um, yeah. And so there's that, you know, added tragedy level. It says that she, Luthien and Melian, they like make eye contact. Melian reads the doom that was written there. Um, in the previous uh, episode, Don Marshall and I talked a lot about the excessive use of the word doom, even though it's not necessarily what he means, but whatever. Yeah, right. yeah Carlos and I have talked about that, the idea that doom means it's destiny more destiny. than yeah. anything else. Yeah. And it says, for she knew that a parting beyond the end of the world had come between them, and no grief of loss has been heavier than the grief of Melian the Maya in that hour. Mm-hmm. So and you know I don't I I like watching and reading Lord of the Rings actually reading Lord of the Rings it's really not at all a relevant plotline but watching it with Arwen's and, and Aragorn's story I was mm-hmm. kind of like girl he's a boy go <laughs> like I get it's Aragorn I get it but also like don't give up your elfishness for the for this yeah. boy like go you know go to the just because i'm like being an elf would be so amazing are you kidding me yeah. um so well, i can you, i can you, get melly and being like girl what have you done but also there there's the the deeper layer of it's a very tragic circumstance for them as mother and daughter yeah i mean once yeah. she dies she will literally never see her again yeah and yeah. that like that's that's heartbreaking it mentions that they have they have a child Mm -hmm. and i can't find the name of the child but it's dior dior what dior Dior. oh i thought you said eeyore (laughs) (laughs) or as i read it because of all of the commercials that i think uh, i I always think dior yeah like the perfume yes exactly (laughs) um so they they have a child who is technically thingle's heir and then it, it says, yeah, so they leave Doriath and they go over to that part of Osiriand, um, or near Osiriand. And it, it says that no, no mortal man spoke ever again with Baron, and none saw Baron or Luthien leave the world or marked where at last their bodies lay. So they, like, they just go off the grid and yeah, yeah, are never seen again. <laughs> and I kind of feel a little bit bad for Dior because I'm sitting here thinking, like, what kind of, like, life did you have coming up 
because like they never had visitors like they Home, like, like it homeschooled. was just yeah, homeschooled. yeah like he was he was an off the grid homeschooled kid <laughs> yeah. like um so interesting life that he must have had yeah or he just you know left and was like i'm going on my own adventures yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna Dad. stay with my grandpa yeah yeah exactly and, like this is a world where 13 year old mortal men go and fight Morgoth. So, and I right? say men, children, children. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it doesn't matter. He easily, yeah. I'm gonna go see Grandpa because I'm I'm the heir of that kingdom for some reason. So, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, there's this. Yeah, there's that one paragraph, and then we move into like the plot of this of this chapter of this mm-hmm. battle. Um. So. Long story short, they're all they've all realized divided, we're not gonna be able to do anything. But united, spoiler alert, they also are not able to do anything. But <laughs> <laughs> they try anyway. Um Mazos decides to very conceited of himself. I've been giving Mazos a lot of props, um, because it seems like he is a much like for being the the eldest son of Feanor, he could be a lot worse. So he oh, seems yeah. to be doing he's, pretty good. He's he's, he's the, the best, best he's, of the sons. Okay, okay, he's cool. the best of the sons. But yeah. all the sons suck. Yeah, yes. but they all kind yeah. of still <laughs> suck. they all they yeah. all still suck. So he's the best of the worst. And yes, it's not yeah. really. So he decides to form the Union of Maedhros and <laughs> like a council of everyone but they find out that of course no one likes the sons of feanor so like no right. one really wants to join it and to be rea- to be real it's all kelgorm and kurifin's fault yeah. all of it oh, 100%. like 100% they could have had They're terrible. so much more chances were it not for them yeah um, well that's why that's why nargothron doesn't join really mm-hmm. right they they don't really send anybody and, and it's why Doriath and Doriath join. doesn't join because yeah. they're like, you have our Silmaril, we're gonna kill you if we win this. So they're like, yeah. okay, then we're not sending any. Kelligorm and Kurfan, tr- truthfully, zero chill, zero chill. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the worst. Yeah, yeah, they're awful. <laughs> um, yeah, Oradreth, who is now. Oh, actually, I, I think it's helpful for us to go through the mm-hmm. um, family tree and and say who is still here and who isn't because I did that when I was reading this chapter and I was like, Oh, that's not great. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So Feanor dead, obviously. Right. Fingolfin, yeah. he died in a somewhat <sighs> recent chapter yeah, in that battle right. against um, Morgoth. Morgoth. Fingolfin's my fave. Fingon, who is Fingolfin's eldest son, died um, on that quest with Baron, which I was like, really? Finrod did. Sorry, Finrod. oh, Finrod. Finrod. Okay. Yeah. Finrod. Finrod. Oh, Fingon God, is still alive. This. Fingon oh, is Fingon still alive. Fingon is alive momentarily. <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the Finns are super confusing. Oh, my God. Finarfin, okay, Finrod. Yes. Who's yeah. the, the Finarfin is the third son who is still over in um, Valinor. Mm-hmm. Finrod is the one who died on that quest with who's also Baron Galadriel's brother. Yes, yeah. um, and then their other brothers, Angrod and Agnor, died mm-hmm. in a random battle that I don't remember which one it was, but they they the died. It mentioned that they died. Yeah, I think it was the beginning the, of the Bragalock. Yeah, of like Galadriel's family. There, it's just her and Oradreth, and so Oradreth is now command of 
Nargothrond. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the middle. So Fingolfin's family, there's Fingon, Turgon, who mm-hmm. is the king of Gondolin, and Arathel, who died tragically because a man couldn't mind his own business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And that and and all of the su- and that was when I really realized I was like, oh, the sons of Feanor are all still alive. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna change. Oh my gosh, quickly. they have a be- they have a, a greater <laughs> doom lying yeah. upon them. Yeah, I know. Like all, like this guy had the most sons that any other elf had, and somehow these jerks yes. are all still alive. <laughs> yes, it's that that pesky doom of Mando. I'm know. assuming he's like I got something better. Little little <laughs> emo Mandos over there just holding on. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what's going on with all of the the familial relations and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so Oradreth is like, no, I'm not going to come help you. Your brothers are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Corfin I mean- and Caligorm, Um, because reminder, they tried to take over Nargothrond when yeah. Finn Rod left, and mm-hmm. they also um kidnapped Luthien and kept her <laughs> hostage there. So, um, not a good situation at all. Well, no, and they stopped a- when they did that. They stopped basically an entire army going with Finrod too. Yeah. Like F- Finrod and Baron would have had much higher chances had Kelgorm and Kurafin not yeah. stirred up the whole like, no, let's not help them. Um, yeah, he went know. with 12, 12 guys. Yeah, right? like 12 they, guys? they could have had an army and instead because of those guys, they had a few men. Yeah, and that was yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, also from Dory, I just, it just made me laugh. It just says from Doriath came little help. And I was like, yeah. well, yeah, like even without the um, Silmaril being there, Thingol notoriously is like, I'm not getting involved with any of y'all shit. Well, they like, kidnapped his daughter. Yeah, that too. Right. Um, so like, like even before then, <laughs> I would have been like, there's no way he's getting involved. But yeah, they kidnapped right. his daughter. They now have a Silmaril. Yeah, it mentions that Kel- yeah, Kelagorm and Korufen are like, you better give us that Silmaril or else we're going to kill you. Yeah, if yeah. we survive this war, we're going to come and kill you. Yeah. yeah, and I, I was just like, can we... Yeah, it says, but Caligorm and Kurufin vowed openly to slay Thingol and destroy his people if they came victorious from war and the jewel were not surrendered fr- of free will. And, and, and why is this? Why is all of this happening again? Because Thingol, in his infinite wisdom, will not listen to his wife. Yes! Who, who's, a, who's a Maiar? Yes! Melian! <laughs> Love her. Yes, it mentions that she counsels Thangal to just give them the stone. Just give it back. Just give it back. But then like, um, the the pride of Thangal comes into play when Kurufin and Kelagorm are like, you better give us that stone or else we're going to, you know, we, we've declared war upon your people. And he's like, well, pr- now I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the it's the <laughs> well, pride of it's the pride of Thingol and it's the lust of the Silmaril, right? Yeah. Um, those are the two things that are keeping him from doing yeah, the right thing. As he like as he looks on it, the desire of it grows, right? Mm-hmm. Like because it's like every time he's looking at this Silmaril, it like it grows in him to like keep it, to hold on to it. 
right? So yes, there is a bit of a curse of the Silmaril there, but it's like, how many times do you not listen to your wife? How many times? So many times. (laughs) I love all of the moments where like something is happening and Melian tells um, Thangle something and then it said, and then, you know, Thangle proceeds forward with however he wants to. And then it says like, Melian said nothing (laughs) or... You you can see her giving him the face like right next to him too like just like what are you doing yeah um yeah so yeah we just have this woman stuck between <laughs> the, these like prideful dumb men oh. <laughs> just <laughs> ridiculous oh my god she's like just avoid the slaughter of our people and yeah, give them this stupid stone she's like bro it's a rock like they, <laughs> they they talked about this a long time ago that they were gonna get this rock no matter what just give it back to yeah, them like come on <laughs> he, he he refuses and none of his people go out except for um Mablong and Beleg mm-hmm. and he lets them leave, but he's like, fine, you can go, but you're serving under Fingon and yep, not Feanor. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> also, there are the Nalgrim, the mm-hmm. dwarves, and they are a <laughs> wonderful uh, Chris, ally. Chris has something to say about that. I Uh-oh. do. So this is, so th- we, and we've talked about this multiple times, and I actually heard you, uh, you and Annex talked about this a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I believe. This is another point to the fact that this is a story this is a legend that is being told by the elves right yeah and the reason why i say that is because multiple times they call them the Nalgrim in this, yes which means the stunted yes people. i i had to hold <laughs> yeah when Dirks. they're first introduced <laughs> i i brought that up too i was like what is like and it, it, they know like you the can't word dwarf. The, yeah, they know yeah, that dwarf, they're dwarves. Kazads, like, call yeah, them ca- what they are. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's no. right. Yeah. It mentions that they know that they call themselves Kazad. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, then why don't you call them that? But no, they're going to call no. them the, like, slightly backhanded word yes. for dwarf in Elvish yeah. instead. These elves are a bunch yes. of dicks and they Propaganda. call them Nalgrims instead. Yes. And it's, it's Elvish. Like, Propaganda. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yes, Elvish. It the I mean, granted, I have to see what happens, you know, with the rest of the story because <laughs> but you right. know there, it's, it's there's that, a reason for it. There it is. <laughs> but um it's that, you know, old saying that history is written by the victors. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah, the El it, you know, these these histories and these stories definitely have a lot of um, there was also a pre, um, I think it's when the men come over into Beleriand and it, ha- it gave me a lot of like, um, not like white savior complex, but like elvish savior complex yeah. where, yeah. um, I think it was, I don't remember which, which elf it was, but one of them was there and he like taught them music and, oh, yeah. war- and language yep. and like all these things as if their lives uh, like and at that point they had been the men had several generations of families yeah, they've been you know? around for like 400 yeah. years yeah. at that point like come well, on they had, yeah. they had, inter- they had so interacted with the and they yeah. had interacted with the with the elves that never went right uh, west, right and so they did know some 
elvish and so that's why they were able to kind of talk with each other yeah or understand and, yeah. each other and it just made it out that like oh my god the men's lives were made so much better because yep. they came into contact with the elves and the noldor are a little bit haughty yes just a touch <laughs> they just they think, think highly they think of themselves of, yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah they have the the alliance of the dwarves who mm. like as we know from you know the hobbit and you know gimli and lord of the rings and in moria and everything and as we're i think going to see a lot of in the um in rings of power which i'm excited to see um more of the dwarves um they're very you know they're they're craftsmen they're warriors they're very strong they're very um you know loyal to each other They, they have a lot of like great strength of character right um so so they're an excellent ally in my opinion and I do like that here it says that like he had the help of I, I hate that they say Nalgrim. Yeah. Uh, he had the help of the dwarves, uh, both in both in armed forces and in great store of weapons, like basically yeah. saying like they're here to help us physically, but they also basically built all of our armor and our weaponry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like which is pretty. I mean, that's especially coming from a son of Feanor, who was a smith and you know a student of Aule and everything. Right, coming from him saying that like we've been you know we've been participating in like trade with them and getting weapons and stuff like that because they are so good at what they do. Yes, yeah. There are also the men that are being led by Bor and Ulfang, who are the chieftains of the Easterlings. And Mm -hmm. these are the ones that in um, a previous chapter we learned have been sent over here through the the word of Morgoth. And he is, they, they are his servants and his spies among the men to deceive and... Um, to deceive the men and ruin their plans, but also tell Morgoth what what's going on. It said, yeah, and it mentions that word does come to Gondolin, like all it says, and to Gondolin, the also the tidings came to Turgon, the hidden king, and that's all you hear. <laughs> it's just like he hears <laughs> that this is happening, but he's you know whatever. <laughs> he's Turgon. Yeah, yeah, he's Turgon. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- they know what's going on. Whether they get involved or not, I don't know. We'll have to see. (laughs) Question, though, for y'all. It mentions that from Nargothron comes a small company led by Gwyndor, who grieved the loss of his brother Gelmir. Are these men? No, they are elves. Oh, Yes. When did they come into play? This is the first time. Just now. Okay, so Um, they're elves. Yeah, they do become important, but yeah, just just now do they come into the yeah. story. Really. Okay, great. Yeah. I was like, because who, is the... Gw- who is Gwyndor? Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, yeah, who's I don't this know. Guy? What's I don't know if I don't know if it mentions during the 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 chapter with the Bragalock whether or not um, Gelmir specifically no, is... named is is taken captive. I know well, it says that there are there are. You know, there's a contingent of of elves from Nargothron who are captured and made thralls and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know if it specifically names him. Yeah, and for all that, Gwyn- um, I'm trying to think, um, is Gwyndor the one that's captured? 
No, Gelmir. No, yeah. For all that Gwyndor knows, Gelmir is dead. Yes, yeah. that's what that's what he thinks has happened, and so he's yeah. Oh. Um, yeah it says in the Dagor Bragalock. So he oh, is surged forward by this mm-hmm. grief over his brother. Yeah, that's his whole thing with um that's his, um that's that's the whole reason why he wants to go right. That's his motivation yeah. for. Yeah, he's this. like, can I please like even if you don't want to send out a whole bunch of people, I understand that. Can I please go and take a few? you know, a few men, however yeah. that may be. And just to go back um, a little bit, fight. just to go back a little bit, the, the whole reason this is happening is because of Baron and Luthien, right? That That's right. kind of mentioned at the very beginning that that Maedros saw what they were able to do and was like, ah, Morgoth can be defeated, right? He's still weak. So we, oh, need, right. to yeah, our, that's we need to get our, yeah, we need to uh, get together. So that's why he's trying to get all these people together. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, hey, that. this this mortal man, this elf woman, and their dog <laughs> went to <laughs> Angband. Oh, your poor TikTok about about Huan. Yeah, I he's still alive. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's still alive. Um, that yeah, the, I would like the fact that they just like walked right into his like throne room. Yeah, and then like. Took, and then she like sang a song and he fell asleep or something and they took a Silmaril and like that's yeah. <laughs> what happened like and I'm crazy. sure the story gets inflated and stuff too right so you've got elves now that are like this this man um with like, one with one hand yeah <laughs> like Witten did this and then like they were able to then defeat um the wolf that swallowed this like it's like this whole story that they're like let's go like yeah like, we, can now is the time. we can yeah. do this we can do this <laughs> um however it says Maithros made trial of his strength too soon mm-hmm. so so they maybe should have spent some more time planning and and tr- maybe training together doing group bonding activities i don't know <laughs> because it says for the faithless men of his secret allegiance being morgoth were yet deep in the secrets of the sons of Feanor. So the men, the Easterlings under Morgoth's command, um, know everything about what's going on, and they know the the, the plan. And I like to point out, and, and we get this a little bit later, yeah. it is Ulfang's people, right? Because we do get Boar as Boar the Faithful. Yeah, They kind of change their mind after a while of being you know, a part of the society with the elves and stuff like that. And again, we get that a little bit later, but yeah, Ulfing's people are the, uh, just, just the worst, The just the worst. (laughs) (laughs) So the plan that they come up with is that, um, so Maithros and the sons of Feanor, they are on the east side of Beleriand in the north. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and, um, Finn, Fingon mm-hmm. um, has reign over Hithlum, which is on the west side. And mm-hmm. so they're kind of just, you know, they're on the w- the southwest and east, wait, southwest and southeast sides of Angband and Morgoth's territory. Mm-hmm. So they are going to converge from both sides um, and, and you know, do this thing together. Hammer and anvil, as they say. Yes. The signal for um, Maedhros and his army coming over into the land is the lighting of a beacon. 
<laughs> just mentioning that. You gotta love <laughs> it's the just one beacon, I think. Yeah. So not as epic, but <laughs> but that's important to note because the the day arrives that this is supposed to happen. And Fingon and his people, they're watching. They're not seeing the signal. And what they don't know is that um, Maedhros was, um, it, it says, they, they were hindered by the guile of Uldor, the accursed, <laughs> who deceived yeah. him with false warnings of assault from Angband. So they're delayed in their march over there. But everyone in Fingon's army is like, let's go. Like, what are we doing? What are we waiting for? Like, we're here. Let's go for it. Um, and I but think it's I, our boys Hurin and, and Hur that are like, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Hurin, they're like, let's. Hurin specifically, I think. Yeah. Yes. I was like, y'all are smart. Y'all are smart. Yeah. <laughs> let's listen to you. Um, also, I don't know why literally no one is like, maybe we should listen to the Elf King, <laughs> Fingon. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's the king. Yeah here he's the leader of these armies like maybe let's listen to him they are waiting for this signal they're not sure what to do and then i know that comes later the they're also met by yeah the elves of the phallus that's right and gwendor's Mm -hmm. company from nargathon come then they see that morgoth is he's coming for them right he's ready to fight and then turgon and gondolin show up which was Blasting like his what? horn, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very gives very much the vibes of like Helm Steep in the movies, yeah. right? When the elves yes. show up and yeah. they're like, they're like, that's no orc horn type of thing. And they and it's the elves, right? And it's it's a very similar vibe of uh what I love is like that Turgon like shows up and his brother, like Fingon's just like we got this, guys. Yeah. Like, we're good. <laughs> like, like, He's I'm also glad probably like, yo, that's my great. brother. I haven't seen him in like 400 years. It's been so long. Oh, oh, so sad. He so like sad. disappeared. Him and this... I went on a camping trip and then suddenly he was gone. I don't he know what happened. He just never came back. Yeah. Like, what a crazy coincidence. I thought you were dead. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I just love that. For unsummoned and unlooked for, Turgon had yeah. opened the leaguer of Gondolin. They're marching forward everyone else is sitting there they're like waiting Morgoth's armies are drawing closer to them and Huron says because everyone's really eager to go he bade them beware of the guile of Morgoth whose strength was always greater than it seemed and his purpose (laughs) other than he revealed so he's like I know what's happening and like we gotta relax a bit we gotta chill well and going back really quick um it's I feel like it's important and it's important because I love the way that Tolkien um, foreshadows a lot of things. He, he always prepares us and we don't know that until we get to the end of the chapter. Right. But here, um, and I am not good with it, so I'm not going to say it in Elvish. But when, <laughs> yeah. So when they show up, he says the day has come and all, um, Behold, people of the Eldar and fathers of men, the day has come, right? And then the answer is the night is passing. And that's important. Like it's it's this this phrase here that is shouted is important because of what happens at the end, at the end of this battle. Yeah. Right. And it's just foreshadowing of like, there is so much hope. And I know that <laughs> I think it was you and Callie that were talking about this of like, 
this next few parts, it's like there's so much hope. And then Tolkien's like, you don't mind if I no. break your heart, right? Like, you don't yeah. mind if I just like, you're not, you're not using this right? heart, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what this is, right? He, I mean, there's so much like, you know, the Eldar and the fathers of men, the day has come. And then everybody answers back at, to the night is passing. Right. And it's this this moment, this beautiful moment. And, and then and there's, yeah, yeah, yeah there's like, hope or there's yeah. so much hope. Yeah. It's right? like, or so you thought. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you exactly. thought you were winning. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it would be a shame if something happened. There. Um, so and what happens is more. So the Noldor are waiting, but like just barely because the forces of Gondolin are coming up. Morgoth's army is approaching. Everybody's getting amped. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. Yeah. And then they bring Morgoth's army bring out Gelmir, who is oh. Gwyndor's brother, who he previously thought was dead and he yeah. had actually been captured and they bring him out and blind it says oh it says they had blinded him so he's already he's already been through that and then in front of you know in view of the Noldor they cut off his hands and feet and his head <laughs> well and they they do this because basically Morgoth has told this captain like we need to draw them in yeah Right. Yeah. And so they keep doing that. They keep sending out orcs and nothing. Right. Huron's like, no, wait. And they keep doing things. And he's like, no, wait. Like, I understand you guys are amped. And his captain was just like, you know what? I know what'll do it. Yeah. And, and it's just. And yeah. Sure enough, yeah. Gwyndor is. Loses it. Yeah. He is. I mean, I would be too. That's very like, violent. So yeah. violent. His, it, it is, and probably one of uh, up until this point, probably one of the most gruesome things we've seen yes. in yeah. the Silmarillion. Yeah, right. They bring out a blinded uh, elf, cut off his hands and feet in front, so like putting him through torturous pain, and then cut off his cut head. Off his there's head. there's yeah. stuff Sauron did or implied. Yeah, that's true. But then he, but then after that, they say we've got many more. Yeah. And they will all be done to the same way, right? Yeah. Like, we're going to do this exact same thing to all of the other elves that we currently have. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's just... Yeah, like so that, that sets them off. And Gwyndor charges forward and... His wrath was kindled to madness, which yes. is one of my favorite lines. Like, he just went red. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he is like unstoppable. Like nothing is yeah. going to hold him back at this point. And so a few people follow him. And then it's that's the kind of thing of I can ima imagine either Huron or, or Fingon being like, wait, no, wait. And then being like, right. it's too late now. Like, I guess yeah. we're charging. <laughs> well, and I, I do love that, like the power of him and the elves of Nargothron, it says that um, it, it says that it was so fell and swift that the onslaught almost... Um, almost the designs of Morgoth went astray. Yeah. Like they, they wrecked he wasn't, house so he wasn't, badly. He wasn't expecting that. He was like, that. oh no. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, we they really made... We went too far. They made Morgoth like sweat there for a bit and he was yeah. not expecting that to happen. Um, And they... Yeah, so so Fingon joins and the Noldor from Hithlam charge forward officially Um, and it says they burst through the gate and they get to the doors of Angband and they're like banging on the door. 
And it says, Morgoth trembled upon his deep throne, hearing them beat upon his doors. So he they, they were very close. And that was something that he did not expect at all, where he, he was probably like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you went too far with the Yeah, with maybe the whole we, maybe we overdid thing. it there a bit. <laughs> um, um, however, they are trapped there. And so... All of them are killed except for Gwyndor. And I like yeah. to think this is Sauron, his second in command, right? Who planned that part of it. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just keep some people. Let's, in case they get here, then we can trap them. Yeah. yeah. Callie and I were talking that um, Sauron seems to be a lot more of the brains of the operation. And, and yeah. Morgoth obviously has the, the wrath and everything. But, but Sauron definitely seems to have a lot more scheming and, um, and, you know, a lot more thought behind some of the the actions that they do. He's yeah. a planner. He's yes. got a list. Yeah. He's got a list and he's making sure, you know. Um and then <laughs> what happens is would you like to to say it, Carlos? Near Naeth Arnoidiad, which means unnumbered tears. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Which is which is a callback to um uh, uh the doom of Mandos, right? Mm-hmm. Where he says, "And your tears will be unnumbered." Like Ooh. when he tells them when they when they're leaving Valinor, right? He's like, "If you leave, like you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff, um, and your tears will be unnumbered." Mm-hmm. And so I always think about that when I when I'm rereading the book, and I, I you know knowing you know that's a upcoming chapter is that you know this was already predestined. Yeah, yeah. creepy emo Mandos already yeah. told you all yes. this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it says, it says that, um, Angband was emptied and, mm-hmm. and that like every dragon, every Balrog, every orc, anything that he has been, you know, concocting or torturing or forming is released into the world. There is a bit of hope in this. <laughs> Terrible day of unnumbered tears. Um, yeah, it says hope was renewed in the hearts of elves because finally Maethros makes it there. They they are able to help out a bit with um, Turgon and Gondolin's army um, mm-hmm. because they were being attacked and then Maethros and his army come in from the rear. So that's great. But again, they have wolves, Balrogs, dragons, orcs. They, they got everything. One thing that I think we always kind of we don't really cover um and i just thought of it like rereading it was this is the fourth day right this happens on the fourth day so this is this has been going on for you know gail uh charges right and three days later is when the worst of it happens um so they've been fighting for three days yeah well and and it says like what i and i think this is kind of where you were getting at um talking about you know the the gates of angband being emptied right is it uh yet neither by wolf nor balrog nor dragon would morgoth have achieved his end but for the treachery yeah yeah so he still could have lost this right like it it was still possible that morgoth could have lost this if but for ulfang right the treachery of men uh i get it yeah yeah there's so many and there's so many things that you go this makes a lot more sense from the like the uh, movie Elrond quote of like I was there, you know, right? Because like, like it like in the movie we've talked about it. Isildur is a little bit done dirty, like honestly, like the Isildur what? that we see in the movie is not the Isildur that 
we know in the books right but if you do want to talk about treachery of men this is that like yeah. this is that moment right this is when the faith of men fell right here. yes and it, it definitely does put into perspective um a lot more about like why when you know the council of elrond is happening why um you know, Elrond is like, you brought the hobbits to do this and like these other men. Like, it makes sense why all of these varying people are like, what, like, what, like, very mistrusting of um, other races of people because they've mm -hmm. been betrayed by that in the past, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so what happens is the, so, so Maedithoros and his army come up, right? But then the sons of Olfang um, turn on Theonor and start battling them. And it says, They reaped not the reward that Morgoth promised them, for Maglor slew Oldor the Accursed mm -hmm. um, and the sons of Bor. Oh, and the sons of Bor slew Olfast and Olwarth. So right. their leaders are taken out. But... And I love that, that they reaped not the reward Morgoth promised them, that the men are like, you know, obviously they're just pawns in, in Morgoth's right. plan. And they're, well, they're and like, wait a minute, you didn't tell us that we were going to die. Like, well, <laughs> well, and that's that moment when Bor and his his family, so like the sons of Bor gets that title, Bor the Faithful, right? Mm -hmm. Because you did have the men of, you know, Ulfast, um and that, in, or Ulfang and that entire line that turned. But Bor was like, nah, like we're like we like the elves we like what we're doing we enjoy this place like and and they were they turned on you know that other set of men that they first came came into Beleriand with yeah. yeah they also have another like group or army of men hidden in some of the nearby hills mm -hmm. that come out and they now attack Mithros on three sides yeah. Um, and I love this because, the, again, I at the beginning of the chapter was when I flipped back to the family trees and I went through and I was like, oh, OK, so all of the sons of Feanor are still alive. That's crazy. It says, yet fate saved the sons of Feanor. <laughs> and the, the like, that's just so just on the nose that like clearly yeah. something bigger is in store for them, you know, yeah. otherwise they would all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> um. And they are, they are, they're injured and whatnot, but they are, are split up and scattered. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the dwarves do great. Yeah. <laughs> it says they withstood fire more heartily than either elves or men. Gl that's right. Glaurung is attacking them. And Glaurung kind of does the, like, Glaurung does a big amount of damage by basically splitting up the armies, right? Yeah. He goes, like, right down the middle down and the middle. cuts the, cuts the field in half and makes it a lot more difficult for them as, as well as, you know, the, being awful a dragon men that yeah. do it and being a gigantic dragon um he was able to kind of cut that battlefield in half half and and split up the armies yeah um however not even his mighty armor was foolproof against the blows of their great axes so like that's so how great. good the the 
smith work of, and the craftsmanship of the dwarves are that yeah. that they're able to fight a dragon well and i love that we get even more of a description of like their their helmets and their face masks right they say that the like the face masks were like terrifying to look upon like they they basically wore into battle what they wore in their smiths that like protected them you know it's like a person wearing a a visor for um yeah like a uh, welding welding, welding. Yeah. welding yeah. mask yeah and like that's what they're wearing into battle and that's why they can withstand the dragon fire so well um and the the like climax of this battle happens so they're all like circling glaurong and fighting him and glaurong strikes down uh, as azagal azagal who is their leader the lord of belgast Mm -hmm. Um, And he crawls over him, planning to, like, you know, deal a final blow. (laughs) And he, Azagal, stabs him under in his belly, where we know from The Hobbit, they apparently have, you know, this soft spot, (laughs) (laughs) this this weakness, Um, and... And wounded him so that oh I thought he killed him never mind but no, he no, wounds he wounded later. him enough that um that he flees the battlefield um yep. and it says the beasts of Angband in dismay followed after him yeah um, I, I love that like one little stab and Glaurong's like no nah, I'm out yeah like, <laughs> I'm bye. done I didn't know that <laughs> could like, happen to ah, me <laughs> yeah. I thought I was safe but I'm not <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, and yeah, and like all of these beasts of Angband leave. And so the dwarves, um, they, you know, they, they did like a really great part in this battle. Um, so they pick up Azagal and take him away. And I think, yeah, it says, and gave no heed more to their foes. Yeah. And I love that they're like, you know what? We're maybe done here. Yeah. They (laughs) they basically did the same thing that Glaurong did, right? Glaurong was like, I'm out. And they pick up their leader, start singing. And they're like, yeah, we're out too. Yeah. Like, it's been real, guys, but we're done. Yeah. Like, we we did our part. We lost our leader. Yeah. No avenging of Azagal either, right? They're just like, nope. Yep. They're like, yeah. he, did, he did a really valiant thing and we're ready to go back to our mountains yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, away from y'all that you dragged yep. us into your problems. <laughs> um, and then now some comes, really, really sad stuff happens. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> then comes <laughs> Gothmog, Lord of Balrog's high captain of Angband. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts picking a fight with Fingon and Turgon and Huron get kind of like separated from him, I think. And uh-huh. so they have a big battle and it says um, that Gothmog hewed him. Wait, where is it? To say? Uh, oh, I thought I saw, I thought I remember reading a quote about, okay, never mind. Sorry, misremember something. <laughs> um, yeah, it says, then Gothmog hewed him with his black axe and a white flame sprang up from the helm of Fingon as it was cloven. Thus fell the high king of the Noldor. Rip. And then oh, this is like, like keep, keep reading. Keep well, reading. Well, this is, one of this. One of the saddest part, part, really quick, though, before we jump ahead, one of the saddest part of this whole thing is earlier, and we didn't go over it too much, the joy that Hurin, Huor, Fingon, and Turgon had when they met in battle is described here, right? They were so happy. It was glad in the midst of battle, is what it says, when they all joined up um, as they're fighting, right? So there's... 
I'm sure Fingon too, because technically nobody knew that Hurin and Huor ever went to Gondolin, right? So Fingon is True. like, how do you know yeah. my brother Turgon? Yeah, it's like, like don't why worry are about you guys it. so excited? <laughs> it's like, it's fine. It's great. And so like, the, the, it's such this joyous meeting, even though they're in the midst of battle. And then Turgon and Hurin, who were most excited about all of this, see that, like, watch this go down. Yeah. They watch Gothmog take his axe, hew it into the head of Fingon, and then... And, yikes. And they beat him into the dust with their maces, and his banner, blue and silver, they trod into the mire of his blood. That is bad. And they're just watching this happen. Yeah. They're watching this while trying to fight off other Balrogs. They're just watching this happen. It's poor Fingon. <laughs> poor Fingon. Yeah, it's it's intense. Oh. It's intense. Yeah. Like how many of these? I I wonder in these situations, like how many of these elves make it back to Valinor and go to Manwë and be like, bro, like could you guys not have done anything about <laughs> I this? I am so. <laughs> furious and i made i made a meme about this um like two chapters ago i think now of like i I don't want to go too much into it because maybe i'll just like cut this out because i think the listeners have now heard this from me like a million times but Uh just the fact that the valar are they're supposed to be there to like protect the children of iluvatar they're supposed to be there to help bring forth this this vision that he had um and instead they had like a few little mishaps with their estranged brother and they hide themselves from the rest of the world. And they let the children of Iluvatar, who they are supposed to be there helping and protecting, um, (sighs) they they let them deal with, with, um, what's his face? Morgoth. (laughs) Morgoth. Morgoth. (laughs) Well, and then that's the thing, right? Is like, it's not like these guys aren't going to come. Like, all of these elves are going to be back with you at some point. And if I am an elf that is getting trod into the the ground as I'm dying, just getting wrecked and i show up in the halls of mondos and i'm like i would be like what the hell man what the hell was that (laughs) like dude like you guys could have done nothing like nothing for us to be fair they have a history of this they have a history of this right (laughs) it's true when 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 morgoth first got there and he like and then they ended up putting up the walls right and they're like, nope, we're done. Like he destroyed the original plan for 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 Arda. Uh, they they went into Valinor and they kind of hid themselves, knowing full well that the children of Iluvatar were going to be born at some point, and they're leaving them with Morgoth. Yeah, yeah. So they're to the be worst. fair, they, yeah, they've done <laughs> yeah. this before. This shouldn't surprise anybody. They're kind of the worst <laughs> gods ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Where even were we? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, um, uh, Fingon had just been trodden the into the yeah. dust. <laughs> oh, um, poor yeah, Huron and Huar, and th- they're there with their people, and they're there with Turgon and Gondolin, and they mm-hmm. turn to Turgon and they're like, "We got to cut our losses. You go back to Gondolin." They say. Um, for in you lives the last hope of the Eldar, and while Gondolin stands, Morgoth shall still know fear in his heart. And Turgon knows that at some point 
this, you know, hidden kingdom of Gondolin is going to come to an end. And Huar says, we still got to give it a chance. You go back. He says, though we part here forever, and I shall not look on your white walls again, from you and from me, a new star shall arise. So Mm -hmm. that's important for the future in context that I don't necessarily understand right now, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the next sentence where Maglin... Yes! That... Maglin overhears that. He's just so sus. Um, He just puts that right in his little brain. He stood by, heard those words, and did not forget them, but he said nothing. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's, it's uh, kind of like when it, when it says like Melian said nothing. It's, it says so much when they say nothing, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. It's like something's happening in there. You're just going to keep that in that yeah, vault. Just gonna keep, yeah, just going to keep an eye on y'all. See what be- see what comes of that. Uh. Um. So then Gondolin starts in Turgon. They start going back towards Gondolin. And Huron and Huar and their people are kind of taking up the rear in defense of them. It says, you know, he van... Turgon vanished into the mountains. And I, I love that like they can just like disappear. <laughs> They're well, just gone. The cool, thing, the cool thing there too that I didn't actually so like I said, I've listened to this and reread this. I can't even tell you how many times, but every single time I find something new. And in this, um and later on it tells us, uh, but uh Turgon takes with him um the the surviving army of Nargathron. So no elves make it back to Nargathron. Um, because he ends up taking them back to Gondolin. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, you guys come with me. Yeah. The men of Dorloman will wreck house while we leave. Yeah. Right. And because or at least that's what we hope they do. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Also, like, very cool of Turgon to, like, break his rules, finally, of, yeah. like, no yeah. one is allowed in Gondolin. And then he's like, maybe there are some exceptions to that yeah. rule when everyone well, is dying. Because his brother just died, right? Yeah. And so yeah. he's like, all right, all of my brother's people that came with him, if you're still alive, come with me now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Fe- Feanor's sons, y'all can, y'all are fine over there. Yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> It's your, it's your fault we're in this mess. Yeah, this yeah. is so true. So they go into Gondolin safely. Then the hosts of Angband swarm. It says they swarmed against them, against the, the men, Huar and Huron's armies. Huar dies, pierced with a venomed arrow in his eye, which is mm-hmm. such a graphic description. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and everyone else is killed. It says slain about him in a heap, mm-hmm. a heap, um, and orcs hewed their heads and piled them as a mound of gold in the sunset. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They weren't messing around. Yeah. Yeah. And Huron is the last one of them to survive. This is so cool. He chucks his shield aside and just grabs his axe and he goes forth screaming. He says something in, uh, he says, you know, an elvish, elvish phrase that I'm not Aure in Tuluva. Beautiful. Um, day shall come again. Which this is that every callback, time, right? Yes. Every, uh, yeah, yes. that's the callback that Chris was talking about from when Torgon first showed up, right? 
and it's, you know, the night is passing. Now, you know, the night's passed and nothing's gotten it's any better. So now. <laughs> so the day the day will come again. Um, and he says this every time he uh, kills an orc. It's a 70 he, times he uttered yeah. that cry. So he's... Like, this, is, this is that point of just like full on madness, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. around him is Adrenaline. Dead. I am, yeah. I am, yeah. He's like, screw the shield. I don't need it. I know I'm dying. I, I'm just yeah, going to take like, this up is, this yeah. two-handed axe and go This is nuts. my last stand, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. Eventually... They capture him and Morgoth commands the orcs to bring him alive. Yep. And Gothmog bound him. Oh, they, yeah, they chop off his arms. <laughs> well, so he's, he's actually, he's hewing off Oh, orc he, he, he chopped he, off their arms. Yeah, yeah, their arms are still holding on to him at, but As not, he's chopping them but off. But no longer attached to any yeah. orc bodies. <laughs> um, then Gothmog bound him and dragged him to Angband with mockery. And then the sun set. So this was all one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all just the Nirnaeth Arnordiad. Like, yeah. Yes. One this is the, day. This is the fourth day of that war. Yes. Uh. And so that that the day of unnumbered tears ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Morgoth is... He's like, you know what? This I was just picturing, you know, Kronk going, "Oh yeah, it's all coming together." Like <laughs> he's got great. a list, and he's like, "Men fought men, check. Yes. King of elves dead, check. check. <laughs> like, elves don't trust men, check." check. Yeah. <laughs> Does he even know about the dwarves? <laughs> Do we think? I, I mean, like, right? Like, he never mentioned. Like, even though it says he doesn't take heed of men, I feel like he takes even less, less heed, heed of, of the, of dwarves. the dwarves. dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Like these random short people fled yeah. into the mountains. Check. <laughs> like, yeah, they hurt my dragon, but big deal. He'll they be bounce. fine. Yeah. yeah. Fear and hatred were aroused among those that should have been united against him. And so, yeah, it says the realm of Fingon was no more. The sons of Feanor wandered as leaves before the wind. Um, their arms were scattered, league broken. The the sons of Feanor take to the wild, um, mm-hmm. which I just imagine is just like really funny for them because they're like, we're not used to this. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they where's fallen, my fancy like, bed? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's like, my they city? They've fallen low for yeah. the sons of Feanor. Yeah. For the lords of the Noldor, you know? The men, the Easterlings, um, are sent into Hithlam and Morgoth shuts them in there. It says, denying them the rich lands of Beleriand, which they coveted. Yeah. Just hosing them even more. Yeah. Like, I know I promised you all of Valerian. You don't get that. You get yeah. Hithlum. Yeah, you get Hithlum. <laughs> Where only the old women and children yes. live. It says their reward was to plunder and harass the old and the women and the children of Hador's people. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Like, that'll teach you. <laughs> the remaining, and then the, the Eldar that are still in Hithlum were taken to the mines of the north and labored there, or, or trapped there, and some of them escape or, or, or something, but for the most part, they're they're stuck there. Um, the orcs and wolves went freely through all the north. And then I love this. Doriath indeed remained. <laughs> so I yeah. can just imagine <laughs> Thingol, like, being like, man, aren't you so glad we're not out there? And Melian, like... This 
You are so <laughs> this, dumb. This guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. You are so dumb. Is divorce legal in our realm? <laughs> like, oh my God. I spot one elf in the woods one time and this is my fate after that? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It says, in the halls of Nargothrond were hidden, but Morgoth gave small heed to them. So he's like, not really concerned. The remaining elves and remaining people, I guess, flee to the havens which is on the on the coast of Beleriand. And they take refuge behind Kierden's walls. And it's like, oh my God. Okay, good. At least we have one safe place. This is great. <laughs> one would only hope, right? <laughs> nope. Um, nope. Morgoth sends his his forces down there and they ravaged all the Falas mm-hmm. and they break down the walls. The havens were laid in ruin. And um, most of Kierden's people were slain or enslaved. However, some went aboard a ship and escaped by sea, one of which being Aranian Gilgalad. Good old Gilgalad. (laughs) Gilgalad, son of Fingon. I wonder if he knows yet that Fingon is dead. Or do you think he's just like assumed now? (laughs) I'm sure sure word got back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if they're all trying to escape to an island. Yeah. Things couldn't have gone well. And, and and sadly, like, it could be that it's not until, and we get this in a minute, it could be that it's not until Torgon sends his people to Círdan that yeah. Gilgalad hears that his father is dead. Is dead. Yeah. Which is sad. Poor Gilgalad. Anyway, yeah, so they, they some of them escape to the Isle of Balar, um, mm-hmm. where they are able to take refuge for a while. Turgon hears some, and he sends messengers um, and with them and Kyrdin, they build some more ships and they sail out into the west, but no tidings of them came ever back to Balar. <laughs> Save <laughs> of one. one and the last. Yep. Um, and so they're trying to get out into the west um, and only it says um, some of the mariners, that's right, are caught up in a storm and one of them was saved by Olmo from the wrath of Ose. And he washes up on shore, and his name is Voronwe. He was one of those that Turgon sent forth as messengers from Gondolin. And then that's it. So we might see him again in the future. This is one of those points in the uh, in the Silmarillion, like every single time I read it. Like the first time I was like, wait, what's happening right now? Yeah, like who's this but, random guy? Yeah, yeah and yeah. like every time I read it, I'm like, dude, like, I love your writing, man, but, like, why are you giving us a paragraph that doesn't matter for the next, like... Four chapters? Three chapters ahead, you know? Like, yeah. like this paragraph is great, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything to me for the next, like, three chapters, dude. Like, yeah. So... And then if you're me, by the time you get to that chapter, you've forgotten about you've it. You've forgotten about yeah. it. <laughs> you're like, wait, no, I've heard that name before. Yeah. What is that again? Yeah. Where did I see that? Um... And let's see. But we get a little bit more about Morgoth and Turgon, right? Yes, and, yes. And why he was, why this entire time he's been searching for Gondolin, right? Why Gondolin like scares him so badly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, um, Mor- Turgon is thinking a lot about Morgoth. Morgoth is thinking a lot about Turgon. It says, for Turgon of the mighty house of Fingolfin was now by right king of all the Noldor, and Morgoth feared and hated the house of Fingolfin because they had the friendship of Olmo, his foe, and because of the wounds that Fingolfin had given him with his sword. So he also has this like 
personal beef against you know Finn Golfin because he's like you scratched me seven times with your sword <laughs> right how dare you yeah how I like dare how, you, I like sir. how you described it as scratched him scratched yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean by this point I'm assuming they've healed a bit but you know no, like they ha- his oh they haven't healed they, they have, oh yeah his foot haven't. didn't his foot yeah. didn't yeah. yeah yeah his foot never heals yeah. um but I do he remember during that limp. battle it specifically mentions that Finn Golfin like hit him seven times and i'm like yeah why is that so important the seven wounds him and him and his numerology oh my gosh but even more so is the fact that morgoth remembers all the way back to valinor that every and this is more of that like like we're we're gonna talk about what's gonna happen with turgon right we already got a little bit of that with hurin uh or with hur and now we're going to talk about it again, where Morgoth, all the way back in Valinor, every time he would walk by Turgon, he was like, hey, there's Dermot. something about this elf. I know I'll get Dermon up here now. Um, he's like, there's something about this elf here that is very unsettling to me. Like something about this elf is, I just have this feeling that he is going to cause big problems for me. Right. And a new star. You know, yeah. we, we were already told that a new yeah. star or will arise. Him, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like just how unassuming, you know, the second son of the second son, you know, is like not like the exact middle child, (laughs) you know, Um, you would never like suspect that to happen. So, yeah, he's suspicious of of him for sure and wants to know where Gondolin is. So Mm -hmm. he takes Huron and, you know, tortures him and threatens him. To find out more about Gondolin and where it is. Um, but Huron defied him and mocked him. And I was like, yo, bro, good for you. That's yeah. so awesome. Are, I, I do have a question for you, real quick. Do you have plans of reading any of the solo stories after Silmarillion? I mean, right now I'm saying probably not, but I also said multiple times I would never read the Silmarillion. <laughs> so. so- so children, this children of Huron. Yeah, I know this, the children yeah. of Huron is a thing. So yeah. like this this part right here is really important for that. You yeah. don't get you don't even get the slightest amount of the trash talk yeah. that Hurin throws at Morgoth. Like Hurin as a man face to face with the mightiest being that has ever existed in Arda and he is throwing so much shade. <laughs> And it is like, if nothing else, that is a reason why to read Children of Hurin because okay. it is just, it's like, dude, like, like, like he knows he is at the precipice of death. Like he, he's like, what are you going to do to me? Like, and granted, you know, Morgoth comes out swinging, yeah. but like, but Hurin, that dude, like he throws some massive shade at Morgoth enough, enough to make him very very angry yeah yes and very insecure honestly yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty great it's oh it's so good um yeah it says morgoth cursed Huron and morwen his wife um mm-hmm. and their offspring and set a doom upon them of darkness and sorrow um and then he takes Huron and bounds him to a chair and sets him on like the cliff the like high cliff of Thangorodrim. Mm-hmm. Um and he is like bound to stay there forever. 
Um, and Morgoth says, sit now there and look out on the land, look out upon the lands where evil and despair shall come upon those whom thou lovest. Thou hast dared to mock me and to question the power of Melkor, master of the fates of Arda. Therefore, with my eyes thou shalt see, and with my ears thou shalt hear. And never shalt thou move from this place until all is, until all is fulfilled unto its bitter end. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like it was it was because of and, and and we don't get the words here. Yeah. But it was because of this, I mean, just massive trash talk from Hurin. Like basically because telling he probably Morgoth, was like, Oh, you're just gonna kill me, you know? Well, like what's yeah. the matter? And, and, you and know? even that, like Morgoth or like Hurin is basically telling Morgoth, like, dude, I know about you. Like, I know who you are. Like, you're sitting here pretending like I don't know who you are. I know. And I know what you know. And like, yeah, it's it's great. Like, he comes at him pretty hard. So it, I mean, yeah, it makes Morgoth mad and insecure. <laughs> like, it makes him insecure enough to say, like, I am the master of fates of Arda. When earlier, Hurin is like, no, you aren't, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, but you're not. Yeah. Like, And it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, poor Hurin. Poor, poor Hurin. Yeah, that's a rough, that's a rough deal to be dealt. <sighs> yeah. and, and and you will find out how rough a deal in the next is. chapter. In in was... my favorite story, which is of Turin Turinbar, but it hurts the soul. Oh so, right, so I don't know. Yeah. Does it hurt? Would you say it hurts more or less than the death of Huan? <laughs> Uh, it is far, far more. Tragic. It is. It is a trap. Yeah, it's a. Tr it's a tragedy in the true sense of a tragedy, right? Yes. Um, okay, so but are there any dogs that die? In it? No, there Great. are no dogs. There Great. Are no dogs. <laughs> yeah, so you're good. Yeah. So you're good All there. Set. All set. Yeah. <laughs> but it like, is. I can handle the next chapter. Then it's fine. Yeah, come at me. I don't care. <laughs> we have this one final paragraph of the chapter, which is like really metal, honestly. Yeah. Um, Morgoth commands the orcs to gather up the bodies of every like every dead body from this battle and all of their weapons and everything and pile them up later on like as years pass i don't think this can actually happen but it says that like they turn into like green grass hills mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't think that's physically possible like <laughs> everyone knows that like you know in like murder mystery movies or, or documentaries or something they always find the body because there's a patch of dead grass in someone's backyard <laughs> you know so like i i don't believe that you know but it's a, a green thing, hill you know? is gonna grow out of these bodies <laughs> these decomposing bodies however they are named the hill of slain and the hill of tears and it says that no creature of Morgoth trod thereafter upon the earth beneath which the swords of the Eldar and the Edine crumbled into rust yeah um, and I know that we aren't talking a ton about it uh, because this isn't where we're at, but there there is much thought that in the um, in the trailer that were, was released at Comic Con, when we see Galadriel putting a helmet on a mound of helmets uh, at the very beginning of it, um, a lot of people are believing that this is part of that. That this is kind of those hills. Um, because it is in a barren wasteland, which is on Fowglief, right? Mm -hmm. um, the the gasping dust, and it's it's 
hills of dead men and elves. So if that's the case, that is massively saddening. Um, and yeah. uh, we'll we'll see we'll see where they go with that. You know. Yes. Yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to um, Lauren does cosplay because oh. she she made this really awesome cosplay version of Galadriel's armor. So good. And because of it, she got to go, you know, she went to San Diego Comic-Con and met Morphic Clark. And I was like, I would die. <laughs> like, I would yeah. immediately, like, just, like, start, I would, like, burst into tears and then immediately die. Like, that's I so I saw the cool. photo of them hugging. Oh and, like, God. their hug was so genuine. That oh, I was my like, God. Oh, that is just beautiful. That's so amazing. So cool. Yeah. So we'll get to see, yeah, more of more of the armor and where that comes from. That'll be that'll be really cool for me to be like, oh, I think I know where that is. But also, right. there's a good chance that I will have forgotten all of this by the time the well, show comes out. So and that's the crazy thing, and I've said it a few times now. Is like I feel like like you know they've told us multiple times like, oh yeah, we just have the rights to the appendices, blah blah. Yeah, I'm that's like, what I don't get. They are they are being. Like they are being sneaky because I feel like there is going to be a lot more of the first age in it, in mm-hmm. this than we anticipated. And I went through and I read back through the appendices just to see, and I'm like, there is not a lot here. Like there is not. Yeah, a lot I don't in know it. how they're gonna make. Yeah, to, I think right now they're con- they're confirmed for two seasons. And yeah. you know, if each episode I think it's is a total of five that oh they're trying, yeah, they're to do, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, that, okay, five what, seasons, yeah, okay, five. I thought it was four that they, they had like mapped yeah. out at least, and okay. they have, oh and they have the ending. So they and they've already yeah. talked about it and said like we like there's stuff that's going to be covered in the in the first season. What if we just roll right into the the events of the Hobbit at the end of? You know the yeah. like that's yeah. how the series ends. Absolutely. Is it actually doesn't end? It's just a. Uh, uh, a series, right a TV version it. of The Hobbit, <laughs> and then we, you know, an episodic version, and then it goes right into a TV I version mean, of Lord of the Rings. And it's then funny because there's we'll there's been a, there's been a bunch of comments that are like, I saw this on Newbetta's thing. Like somebody commented, like, "Oh, well, if it sucks, it's just going to get canceled anyway." And the funny thing is, is contractually, no, it's not. I can't. They so they actually made sure in the contract that. It was going to be five seasons, no matter what, no matter the ratings, no matter anything, it will be five seasons. So I have no thoughts that it's going to suck. I will watch it no matter what, but we're getting five seasons. No matter what, we are getting five seasons of this show. So yes which is what like 50 50 50 hours of lord of the rings right more more than that because i think yeah i think i've read that like the first two episodes are gonna give us like three hours worth of content give it to me give it to me all of it i want all of it always (laughs) is it september yet i know know, right oh my gosh my problem that i just realized is that the end of my family's beach vacation is the, the premiere of the first episode so i'm like do I like just be like, don't talk to me and like go into a bedroom somewhere and watch it? Or do I wait to come home so I can like watch it in peace and quiet, right, you know, right. by myself? Or like, what do, like, what am I going to do? I don't, you know, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> Carlos might be wor- moving that weekend. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Moving that weekend. Oh, and then, yeah. And then like the following weekend, I'm going on a bachelorette trip. And then oh, one no. of the weekends, <laughs> Um, is that friend's wedding. And so I'm like, there's going to be a lot of weekends where I'm really going to have to like 
figure out how I can watch and record an episode and edit that episode and get it out. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. At that point, literally just put in the, the noise canceling headphones and be like, I am not available for the next three hours. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on and talking about this super eventful chapter. Um, oh, yeah. I don't remember which one of you said it, but when I reached out and said we were doing this chapter, you said, oh, I both love and hate this chapter. So (laughs) that was me. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on despite your, your hatred of it as well. I don't hate, it's not, it's not hate so much as it's the, it's the sad aspect. Yeah. It's just the the events that happen in it. Yeah. And the, and the goriness of it. It's, it's just the, the way it's written is, is one of my more favorite chapters. So as, as I'm happy to, to be on this one. Yeah. And it, it, that sounds super similar to I remember when I was reading Return of the King and during the Siege of Gondor when they like catapult all the decapitated yep. heads yes. into Gondor. Yeah. I was stunned. I was shocked. Yeah. So like, yeah, usually I that mean, level of like violence and because um, at that point it's like it's personal, you know? Yes. yes. Tolkien um, writes the pains of war very well. Mm hmm. Um, that he does and yeah. <laughs> and and it's sad it's sad how well knowing his experiences in life it's sad how well he writes the pains of war yeah, yeah. that it's like uh, based it, it's like based in a reality for him yeah. yeah well that's like a really depressing note to end the episode on so <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having us on honestly like yeah. this has been this has been so great. Carlos and I have been doing our podcast for about a year, and this is only the second one that we've guested on. Oh, we've had no a bunch way. of guests Crazy. on. But yeah. Like, it's, um, yeah, we did uh, Voices of Arda about two weeks ago. So we did mm-hmm. Callie and Nubetas. Yeah. And it, being asked uh, by you, who's been doing this for, you know, three years. Three years. It's, it's, it, it's great, and it's an honor. We're very grateful to, to be on your show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Of course. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, so we are at the underscore swole here. I'm pretty much anywhere. So on Instagram is where we post a lot of our Tolkien based workouts um, and, you know, information about the podcast and stuff like that. Uh, we're relatively new on TikTok, um, but we've been there. Uh, really, I just use TikTok to get like salty 52. With, with people. <laughs> we're like 52 people away from 1,000. I know. We're so close to 1,000. We'll we'll be able to do lives as soon as we hit that 1,000 mark. Um, but we do a lot of workout stuff on there. I actually, one of my big things on uh, TikTok is I try to give um, scaling options to anybody at any ability to do any of our Tolkien-based workouts. Um, so yeah, really Instagram and TikTok are the two places that we're most at, but we also have a Patreon where we post our own um, very verbally explicit um, <laughs> <laughs> podcast for anybody who who wants to listen to those. And 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 we, we do some other fun stuff on that. But we're also- we are- we're also on uh, our podcast is also on like anywhere you can find a podcast. Yeah, this will hear them anywhere, you know, Spotify, Apple, all of that fun stuff. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, all of that will be linked in the episode description. So please, listeners, go check that out. Um, as someone who, like I said, I'm like not active at all. So it's great to hear that, you know, you have different like level options and modifications for people of like different abilities and whatnot. Yeah. So listeners, if you're wanting to get active, maybe this is a great place to start, you know, we're here for you. Yeah, that's really <laughs> (laughs) wonderful.
That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. If you want to get merch for That's What I'm Talking About, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at TalkingAboutPod. You can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon.com slash TalkingAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. You can join the Discord server, which is a wonderful place to be. Recently, I've been trying to chime in more into conversations and pop in and say hey and see what everyone else is up to. I do a lot of reading all of the messages, but sometimes I don't always find myself jumping into something, but I've been trying to do that more because everyone in that place is super cool and nice. And so if you want to have fun conversations with me and people who are much cooler than me, you should definitely become a member of the Discord tier, or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Josh. Josh, thank you so much for continuing to support That's What I'm Talking About. I'm remaining a sponsor in a day and age in which it is just so easy to not care about things. I am so honored that you have chosen to care about this podcast. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please make sure to rate and review. Well, do you have any parting words for the audience? Uh, I don't have anything. What about you, Carlos? It's been a, a privilege being on here. This was great. Probably one of my more favorite chapters to to read, uh, even though it is kind of heavy. Uh, but yeah, this is fantastic. Thanks for having us on. And that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.